What up, what up? This is David from the Five Six Kings. And you know, they say nobody out pizzas the hut. But they clearly have not been to Subway and gotten a personal pizza. So ladies and gentlemen, I've tried it and it is out of this world. Subway has certainly out pizzaed the hut. You want to go in and get all these fresh toppings on a pizza? You go to Pizza Hut, you don't know how long that sauce has been sitting there. You go to Subway, they're like, oh, we'll put fresh tomatoes on your pizza for you, sir. You want turkey on your pizza too? Yeah, we're Subway. We got that right here. Why not? Subway. They're crushing. You know what? Business Insider. Where where was the pizza talk, Business Insider? No, they didn't want to talk about Subway out pizza in the hut. They wanted to talk about, they wanted to bash the legacy of the late, great Fred DeLuca. They don't want to talk about pizza. They want to be like, oh, he... He sent calendars to his female employees of him and other executives like for each month. The picture was them naked, and it made them uncomfortable. Fuck you, business insider. He's Fred DeLuca. He created a sub-empire that out-pizzaed a pizza empire. Subway. And their pizza, you know what? No, I'm not done talking about the pizza. I was about to end this ad. I'm not done talking about the pizza. Having a slice of Subway's personal pizza, you feel like you're roaming the streets of Italy. You feel like you're in Italy. You're in downtown Rome, if they have a downtown. I've never been, but it's what it feels like. You're just roaming the streets of Italy, eating a delicious pizza, because they're Subway. They're good enough for Tony Hawk. They're out pizza in the hut. They're good enough for you. Eat fresh. Subway, please give us money. Hey guys, Braden here, and I um, just thought I would come on and apologize. Last week, I again forgot to upload the seventh episode of the Five Six Kings podcast to YouTube. And and honestly, you know, I'm sorry to the loyal listeners of YouTube, but I'm even more sorry to David. I'm sorry, David. Don't apologize to me. Apologize to Robert De Niro, apologize to Wesley Snipes, and the entire cast and crew of the movie The Fan. Because of you, YouTube's never going to know about that movie. Well, they will this week, as we are going to be uploading it, as well as the eighth episode of the Five Six Kings podcast. So, all you loyal YouTube... Yeah, yeah, because who doesn't have fucking four hours to listen to our podcast, Brayden? Are you kidding me right now? You think that's enough? Listen, man, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say. You've, you've done enough. Start, start the fucking episode. All right. This the Palm Beach County Anthem. All my Palm Beach County niggas, y'all put the fucking guns in there and push them sticks. Bitch, I'm from Palm Beach County. This where I'm from. Where niggas get gunned down and left slumped. Who comes up a fucking round? This ain't a county for you bitches to come around. What up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Five Six Kings podcast. I'm David Breen. With me, as always, Braden Bullard. Braden, how are you, man? Howdy ho! How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, man. Good. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. Nice. I'm doing great. Watched a, watched a phenomenal movie last night. Phenomenal. One of my favorites. Definitely top ten. Uh. Yeah, of all time. Yeah, 
How about of all time? All time. All time. We're talking about Tiptoes, 2003 movie starring Matthew McConaughey, Kate Beckinsale, Gary Oldman, Peter Dinklage, Patricia Arquette, Bridget Powers, a.k.a. world-renowned porn star Bridget the Midget, and David Alan Greer. Uh, yeah. for, for some reason, David Alan Greer was in there and kind of played a prominent role. Um, rated R. Rated R, which they said fuck. They said fuck a handful I mean, it of times. Definitely did not need to be rated R. Yeah. Um, and then what? How do you categorize it? I mean, it says comedy, drama, romance. It's so they've recently added comedy. As of a few years ago, it did not say comedy. It yeah. just said drama, romance. Because that's what they were going for. Yeah. Uh, and they, they they missed the mark by quite a bit. <laughs> by quite a bit on this movie. So just first and foremost, Gary Oldman plays Matthew McConaughey's twin brother. And Gary Oldman like is 12 years older than Matthew McConaughey and looks every bit of 12 years older than him. Uh, that's not even the weirdest part about him being <laughs> Matthew McConaughey's twin brother. We'll get into all that. Yeah, if, so, you, if you have not seen this movie, I we definitely highly recommend watching this movie. Absolutely, and it's good for all ages. Yeah. Unlike most movies we've done, I would not suggest all ages watch it. This is good for all ages. Yeah, yeah. Brayden, let's talk, let's talk award season. I mean, even though the cast is packed uh, with, you know, award winning actors this amazing movie did not win any awards i don't know how that's a shame that is a shame but if we were to go you know rating with imdb and rotten tomatoes and google it's pretty bad imdb gave it a 4.3 out of 10 uh rotten tomatoes gave it a 20 percent and google users liked it 47 percent of Google users liked it. Damn right, did it. So Google users liked it more than the other two, which is par for the course. Yeah. So just before before we get into, you know, we'll we'll break down the scenes like we do in every episode. Just want to go through. Matthew Bright was the director. Uh, he wrote this movie, meaning for it to be a comedy, when he was eighteen years old. Producers convinced him to turn it into a romantic drama. He originally released a 150-minute director's cut, which was shown at the Harry Knowles But Numathon Film Festival. Peter Dinklage was in attendance, and he said that cut of the movie was gorgeous. The 90-minute producer's cut. So he got fired after he submitted the 150-minute cut. The producers fired him from the movie. The 90-minute producer's cut was shown at the Sundance Film Festival and was not well-received. After the viewing, uh, Matthew Bright got up on stage and just ripped the producers to shreds. Said they ruined my film, produced a great movie, and they destroyed it. Peter Dinklage was in attendance for that as well. And he said they turned this movie into a rom-com with dwarves. (laughs) Which, so, is, which is my favorite thing I've ever heard someone say. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really want to see the director's cut because, I mean, 
I, you know, if Peter was really being serious, I like, I really wonder how bad the producers, you know, and, and the editor fucked up this, or the investor. I don't know who had the say to be able to be like, oh, after everything's said and done, let's cut the fucking director and let's fucking cut his cut of the movie. Um, but I really want to know who the fuck it was. I don't see how an extra hour made this a good movie. Like, I, like I, I don't see how like they cut an hour's worth of like stuff that made this an amazing movie. So, do you think then Peter was uh, being serious when he said that, or do you like do I, you do you take him that? that I don't think it was gorgeous. I don't think it was a joke, but okay. I think it was like people are never going to see the hundred and fifty minute cut kind of salvage my career i'll be like you know the director's cut of that movie was amazing it was great the producers ruined it it's gonna be tough matthew bright by the way has not directed a movie since oh, that's so <laughs> depressing that's so dark like i feel so bad for that man he's just like fuck it i'm out i spent so much fucking time my whole life leading up to make this movie just for some fucking investor producer just to cut it out from under me <laughs> right when right when i fucking am able to release it to the public they literally steal rip the rug right from under his feet yeah i'd fucking leave the industry too i'd be like fuck you and you producers and investors oh man that's why i want to i want to know like there there was definitely probably like one or two people who were just the top probably executive producer or investor, which I have them pulled up here, but you know, I don't want to call anyone out cause I don't know who actually fucking did it. But yeah. Cause probably... that's, cause that's not what this podcast is. We're like, we have a lot of journalistic integrity and no, we do. We really like look everything through before we talk about it. <laughs> call people out. Come on. What do, what do you do? No. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there's a, uh, uh, there's a shit ton of producers. Um, but let's go to the executives. Susan Zachary, probably a Karen, uh, Brad Wyman, another executive. The fuck? Co-executive producer Daryl Marshock, the fuck, Margaret Langley, the fuck. These are all executives. Chris Chris Hanley, what the fuck? I want to know. You go ahead and email the five six kings at gmail dot com, and you give us a reasonable explanation that we can give to the public as to why you fucked over Matthew Bright so bad. We want answers. That's F I V E. S I X. Oh, Matthew Bright's K I N G S at gmail.com. You heard it first. Write that fucking down. Email us because you're not just offending Matthew Bright. You're offending the whole cast. I mean, we're talking a, a brilliant cast here. Talking over Any, over a hundred little people. And I'm never going to let this die, all right? Anytime I see any one of the casts in public anywhere, I'm going to ask, if I see Matthew McConaughey in the street, I'm going to ask him, what's up with tiptoes, bro? Dude, I see Matthew McConaughey all the time. Yeah. Yeah, David <laughs> David and Matthew are, are, are boys. Yeah, he's furious to this day. <laughs> so I'm going like, to keep bringing those it up. Producers. I want I want one of the producers, I want whoever's responsible for this to make a public statement. Because not only does Matthew deserve it, not just Matthew McConaughey, Matthew Bright, but also us fans, us loyal fans at home, we want to see the director's cut. And, and Matthew Dillon. Yeah. He wasn't in this movie, but he deserves an answer. Yeah, Matthew Dillon. Yeah, so... Um, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. All the Matthews. All the, all, Ma- all give the all the Matthews a response. <laughs> but yeah, all you co-executives, executive producers out there, I called you out, 
investors. It doesn't show on IMDb. I know for sure some investors definitely had a big say. Probably just fucking eating away at the executives. Just like, no, we can't fucking do it Matthew's way. We got to do it my way. I see it as a fucking rom-com. It's got to be funny. It's got to have comedy in it. Well, at first, wasn't it supposed to be a comedy? And then they changed it to to dramatic and, and romantic. And then they, what, they fucking rechanged it back or some shit? So when, uh, when Matthew Bright, I wanted to kind of keep what the movie... Oh, was you. about out, but Matthew Bright, when he wrote it as a teen, he intended it for he intended it to be a comedy about little people having sex. Is what his goal was initially, and they were like, "Hey, Matthew, we like the idea of this movie. There's some good stuff there. It can't just be a comedy about little people having sex, though. No one will go see that. I would have seen it. No one will go it. see it." Let's make it a romantic drama. And he's like, all right. <laughs> and then, but that's what I'm saying. So they make it a romantic drama, and then they probably had a genuine cut of it. You know, like, I mean, we'll go through a there's lot a, of this. There's a 150 minute cut of it somewhere. Yeah. But I would say, like, you know, when I mean genuine too, like, the scenes probably made, you know, they probably correlated together better, like, between all the. the made movies. sense? Yeah. Yeah. And then I feel like they saw and they're like, oh, no, he was right all along. It's got to be a comedy. <laughs> and then they fucking did this like poor editing after they were trying to push the direction towards the romantic drama and then like try to rechange it with like fucking corny music and shit. I mean, it's still a comedy, but yeah, you guys got to watch it. So let's break down this movie. All right. So the movie opens like during the credit. There's this song playing. Where it's like, and then there's a singer, but he's not really singing. He's like, right, I'm going to go downtown. Yeah, he's just talking to some people. I'm going to see some people. And then they cut to, it is Gary Oldman and Peter Dinklage. They're riding motorcycles, but it's motorcycles with three wheels. Like, uh, like big wheels, essentially. They're riding on those, and they're just riding through the highway. You're immediately not, like, there's no way this sets up for like a romantic drama. <laughs> like, the I was, I beginning. was ready, I was ready for anything at this point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just such corny music. So they say no words. The music doesn't completely fade out. It's just kind of getting lessened, and then yeah. eventually fades out. But it's they cut straight to it's Kate Beckinsale, and she's painting. It's really big. It's a massive piece. I asked Braden if he liked it, and he was like, I mean, like, I, I wouldn't, like, get it for my house. And I was like, yeah, dude, it's the size of a building. It's the biggest painting I've ever seen in my life. I was like, they probably use it for, like, events or something, like a backdrop or something. I don't yeah. know. Or movies. Yeah. But uh, she's painting it. it. It looks fine. And then Matthew McConaughey walks up. He's wearing a suit. He looks dapper as hell. And he's like, how you doing? She's like, hey, let me fix your tie. He's like, don't get paint on me. And she, she's like, don't worry about it. She fixed his tie. And Wait, did that, you say fix his tie? Fix his tie. She was about she, to get, she kind of straightens. We're going to uh, fucking get there, dude. Wait, Come on. Okay, okay, okay. Come on. Brayden Brain was about to just jump in and steal the scene. Well, I'm pretty sure he said that, though. He, when, he, stra- when, he does. He keeps saying it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. He says, my, my she, bad. My she bad. straightens out his tie for him. And then he's like, what are you going to do tonight? She's like, yeah, like you care. He's like, I told you about these plans months ago. She's like, yeah, but you just told me that like, you were going to be gone for a night. You didn't tell me what it is. He's like, we're, we're not going to get into this now. She's like, what, what's going on? He's like, it's called family, and I got to go be with mine. <laughs> and she's like, all right, well, 
before you go. And then she gets down and she unzips his zipper and she's going to blow him. And again, he says, don't get pain on me. And then like right before she starts, he's like, we can't do this. I got to go. <laughs> she's like, you fucking serious? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I got, I'm, I'm running late. I got to go be with the family. And she's like, you just won't tell me about this. Like we live together. We're engaged. He's like, yeah, no, I can't tell you. Gotta gotta go be with the family. <laughs> so he leaves, but on his way out, he says, Carol, you're a wonderfully cruel woman. Which, like, what the fuck does that even yeah. mean, Matthew? <laughs> like, <laughs> so he, you know, he leaves her feeling really good about herself. You know, he denied a blowjob from her and then told her how cruel she is and, like, I'm gonna go be with these people and I can't tell you where I'm going but I got to look really nice for it later. Yeah. So he's gone. Definitely like a weird relationship vibe they they start off with. Yeah. Well, I mean, and they don't they don't ever make it not weird. There's no point in the movie where I'm like, you know, they got a good thing. They're, yeah, no, they're, yeah, really, they're really good together. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh next we're back on the back on the bikes. Well, not not actually on the bikes. Gary Oldman and Peter Dinklage have pulled over to the side of the road cuz they're peeing. And this is where we really notice Gary Oldman is the same height as Peter Dinklage. Gary Oldman, a, a regular able-bodied person, plays a little person in this movie. Oh, and not just any little person. The biggest little person role in yeah, this it's, movie. It's the main character in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Would you give it to Peter Dinklage. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why, I mean, I think Peter did an amazing job with his character. Peter's a fucking awesome actor. I'm just still surprised that they weren't going to Peter for that? Like, did they think Gary Oldman was going to sell the movie more? Because, I don't know. It was the role of a lifetime. It was yeah. a able-bodied person playing yeah. a little person. So that that's that's in the... In the in the trailer. Yeah, it says, the trailer. in the role of a lifetime, <laughs> Gary Oldman. It's it's absurd, but do, do you really think Peter Dinklage did an amazing job with his role? I mean, I don't fuck, bro. It's not, it's not like I'm... I mean, he had a wild French accent. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like it was... I don't know if I'd say he did an amazing job. My bad. So it's more like he did a great job for what it was. It's not like you could fucking take that and even make it fucking some award-winning, you know, performance. When Gary, it's, Gary Oldman did. When it's edited and written in a certain way. Uh, but yeah, my bad. Gary Oldman fucking snapped. I mean, one so of the best performances I've ever seen. So they're peeing on the side of the road, and a bus drives by. It's like a highway, but a bus comes by, and it pulls over, and it kicks Patricia Arquette off. And she's just sitting on the side of the road. She's got, like, a trunk, and she's sitting on it. And Dink, Dink sees this, Peter Dinklage, and he's like, oh, fuck yeah. This is the coolest scene of little people I've ever seen. He uh he pulls he pulls his big wheel over to her and she's like thumbing for a ride trying to get someone and then he pulls up and she looks nervous. Well let me pause right there. When they show the shot on her, every fucking shot of her is like how do I say? It's like weirdly up her skirt. Like you can always see up her skirt. It's like a weird shot where they're always like like all these shots and all these things are very planned out. It's just, it, it, I find it a little weird. The director and the the camera operator was like, yeah, that's great. Let's, uh, that's, <laughs> let's get that angle right there. Like, it, cause it's like constant, like throughout the movie. But hey, Matt, Matthew Bright knows what he wants. Yeah. He's like a more of a, 
We gotta get up Patricia's skirt a little more. Yeah, Patricia's like, like Matthew. I don't really feel comfortable. It's like it's my movie. Well, and as if the rest of the qualities of her character doesn't represent that enough, they're like, yeah, no, no, we needed to be able to see up her skirt a little bit too <laughs> to be able to like show that side of her. Like, no, she's she's getting picked up on the side of the road, and she's wearing what she's wearing. Like, you don't need to show that. I don't know. I just I felt like it took me out of the scene instead of like put me in it. <laughs> I was like, why the fuck am I seeing this? So, so he pulls over to her. And he doesn't say anything. He just kind of motions for her to hop on the back. And she's not sure about it. She's like, ah. <laughs> she's like, I don't know. Uh, Gary Oldman. Oh, Gary Oldman's character's name is Rolf, by the way. Yeah. His name is Rolf. He's Matthew McConaughey's twin brother. Matthew McConaughey's name is Steven. They had two sons. One's a little person. One's a gorgeous Greek god of a man. And they were like, let's give the gorgeous Greek god of a man the name Steven. And the little person with like, his, he has a weird shoulder. He looks like uh, like the hunchback of Notre Dame, kind yeah. of. And no, he has yeah, a cane. Yeah. They're like, let's name him Rolf. Fuck, <sighs> fucking wild. But Rolf pulls over. He's like, why'd you stop? And Dinklage goes, just keep, keep driving. And then Patricia Arquette's like, all right, good enough for me. Did they ever say how they were friends? No. Right? Dink- so Peter Dinklage, Mauricio, I believe his name is, he built the bikes that they rode on. Oh, okay. I don't know how they met. I yeah, know, so I was wondering. Like, I, what, I don't know that Rolf was looking for a bike and was like, oh, you want to build me one and we'll, we'll drive cross country in it? Yeah, you, you never really get um, Peter Dinklage's character's backstory, really. I mean, you do a little bit that he's from fucking France or something, but like you don't really get why he's, I guess, in America or friends with Rolf or anything. Yeah. He's so, kind of there. He's a mystery man. There, I like he's it. picking up Patricia Arquette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now we cut. Matthew McConaughey is like checking in at a table and getting a name tag, and he walks into this big convention hall, and it is just wall to wall little people. He's at a little people's convention. And he's there to meet his family. David Allen Greer's up on stage. He's wearing a wig. And he's, like, talking up. He, introdu- oh, he introduces the uh, the president of the Little People's Association, which I, I probably should have Googled to see if that's a real thing or if they made it up for this movie. That's who he introduces. A guy comes up and talks about, you know, how he's unifying all the little people and people aren't going to be mean. It should be a thing. Yeah. Like, little people, they got a tough life. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. I hope it's a thing. Yeah. I hope there's conventions. I hope they got a president who's like, let's. I'm sure. I'm sure. Let's get rid of the. Let's get rid of the stigma on little people. We can do. We can do anything. Yeah. But so Matthew McConaughey goes to his table. We meet his parents. Get this. They're little people. What? <laughs> the whole table is nothing but little people. The president comes over, and Matthew McConaughey's dad is. Oh, so the parents are like, "Hey, Mister Late, you're late. Why are you so late?" You beat your brother here still, though, and the mom's like, something must be wrong. Rolf would never miss a convention, and dad's like, he's fine. And then the president comes over, and the dad's like, hey, you see Blondie over there? And there's a little person woman who's blonde. He's like, she asked us to introduce you. It's uh, it's Kitty Katz. Excuse me? That That's her name, I guess. Debbie, Debbie Lee Carrington. Talking about the her name in the movie is Kitty Cats. That's what it says here. So I thought you were saying the actress's name was Kitty Cats. <laughs> and I was like, no fucking way, dude. Come on. Yeah, I was like, you're making that up. 
So I guess I, I guess I'm her still name. Still stunned. That you know, I, I remember character's them, name. <laughs> I remember them calling her Kitty at one point. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, introduces them, and he has like five daughters. The president, and they're all like, "Oh, look at her tits, huh? See the tits she has? Like they're real judgmental." Yeah, it was really weird because like all the girls are like overhearing the guy conversation, which is like weird. It's weird how they paired yeah. that up. <laughs> like, <laughs> guys are like, oh, she's been talking about you for years. Kitty Cats has been talking about you. And then like the the girls are across the table like, look at her tits. <laughs> and she, yeah. like, what a what a little slut she yeah. is. <laughs> so it was a weird scene. <laughs> so then the daddy's like, this is... This. So the, the president of the Little People Association is also Matthew McConaughey's uncle. Yeah. So it's his dad's brother. And he's like, this is my brother. This is his wife. It's my nephew, Stephen. These are my daughter's. And girls are just like staring at her, being real judgmental. He's like, "Girls, how about how about you go dance?" And Matthew McConaughey's like, "Yeah, let's dance." And he goes out and he's just dancing with a bunch of little people, just having a ball, cutting up a rug out on the dance floor. He looks like he's having a fun time. No, you know, yeah, like I was, I, I was honestly happy. Yeah, I was I was happy for everyone involved. Yep. So then we're outside the convention. The convention's over. People are leaving. Rolf. Peter Dinklage, Patricia Arquette pull up on their big wheels, and <laughs> <On> their big wheels. <laughs> Rolf sees Stephen exiting things like Stephen, hey Stephen, come on over here. And he walks over. He goes, Rolf, you are in the doghouse, my brother. Mom, Pa are pissed. <laughs> He's like, yeah, rode the rode this motorcycle all the way from wherever he says he came from. And he's like, what are you doing? You want to go grab a drink? Steven says this to Rolf. Rolf's like, nah, I'm, I'm beat. Probably going to go get a motel and then give Sally a call tomorrow. Maybe crash with her for a few days. He's like, what are you doing tomorrow? He's like, I got to go back to work at the fire academy. feels like they're brothers who hadn't seen each other in a long time. And he's like, want to, Matthew McConaughey's like, want to go get a drink? Let's hang out. And he's like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Maybe I'll see you tomorrow. He's like, I'm working like through the week. I got to go train fire cadets. And he's like, all right, well. Guess I'll see you around sometime. Yeah, so like Matthew said when he pulled up, oh, so you drove 400 miles in this? So I don't know exactly where he came from, but it's like, dude, you drove 400 fucking miles to a convention where you're literally not going to even like go in, basically? You're, like, you're you going to show up. Well, it's over. Everyone's that, That's what I'm saying. So you're, you're going to show up to be like, all right, bye. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who drives 400 miles for that? So but before all of that conversation, Peter Dinklage... Gary Oldman introduces Peter Dinklage, Patricia Arquette, to uh, his brother, and uh, Peter Maurice Mauricio. Yeah, Peter Dinklage's carrier says, "Is there any food left?" And Maurice, yeah, and Stephen Stephen goes, "I I honestly don't know." And him and Patricia Arquette are walking in, and Gary Oldman goes, "I ah, don't go ripping off food now." And then they he's talking. That's when that whole conversation between McConaughey and Oldman happens. And then you see Dinklage, you hear screaming in the background, and Dinklage throws a beer, and he's like, fuck you. Fuck you, you assholes. And you're like, what happened? Like, we were stealing food, and they kicked us out. (laughs) (laughs) Within, like, minutes. So fucking ridiculous. Oh, that was a great scene. Yeah, so we, uh, Rolf and Steven say their goodbyes. Steven's like, hey, man, now reach out. I I miss you. I'd love to see you sometime. He's like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. So they leave. Cut to McConaughey. He's wearing tidy whiteies, big bulge in his tidy whiteies, and he's just shredded. They were like, "Hey, Matthew, this this movie came out in '03." They're like, "Matthew, you just got to do you. Like, we need at least one scene 
where you're in tidy whities getting in the bed. And he's like, you got it. He looks, you got he it. looks fantastic. You got it. I'm going to devote six months of training for this fucking five-second walk-in scene. M- McConaughey always looks like no, that. No, no, you, no, you yeah, act I'm... like he's training for this. This is what McConaughey looks like year-round. Ah. Movie or no movie. He looks just amazing. Gets in the bed. He puts a mouth guard in, which I don't know if McConaughey sleeps with a mouth guard or if they thought it was really important for this character to sleep with a mouth guard. Yeah, I didn't But he puts a that. mouth guard in. Gets in the bed. Carol's in bed. Kate, Kate Beckinsale's character, Carol. And she's like, hey. He's like, hey. She's like, how was it? He's like, it was, it was fine. Let me go to sleep. Like he's, he's immediately kind of a dick. He's like, let me go to sleep. She's like, no, I think I think we should talk. And he's like, I mean, let's wait till the morning. She's like, no, it can't. He's like, all right. Takes his mouth guard out, like props himself up on a pillow. He's like, let's talk then. But if this is going to be an all-night marathon, I'm going to kill you. Because i got to get some sleep before I go train the vets <laughs> tomorrow. And they talk, and she's like, I'm, I'm, I missed my period. I think I'm pregnant. Steven does not handle this well. He, like, he goes, oh. his eyes get big. He doesn't say much. And she's like, well, you know, what do you think? He's like, I'm not going to tell you I'm thrilled about an unplanned pregnancy, Carol. Boom. He's like, there's there's always, we, we use protection. Oh, my God. He's like, we use. Yeah, yeah, this is a We're weird, always safe. A... We use protection. She's like, yeah, well, you know, except for those three to five times a week that you wake me up in the middle of the night and have sex with me. Don't tell me you don't remember that. And he's like, well, geez, Carol. Like, acts like almost as if it's like nothing. I would have been freaking out. But like, dude, if I. If I'm sleeping with a boner, you don't just get to fuck me like without me knowing. Or well, he's shit. he's climbing on top of her. Oh, yeah. She says he wakes, so he's just like like sleepwalking. But instead, he's he's sleep fucking <laughs> like that's yeah. It's not, dude. What's what's wrong with you? Where you immediately went to? This is Carol's fault, bro. <laughs> I mean, how? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My you? mind didn't. Immedi- what does that say about you? <laughs> Sorry, my mind didn't immediately jump to, oh, he's sleepwalking fucking. He's sleep he's sleep fucking. No, your mind went this this poor woman who's been nothing but nice and great throughout this whole movie, she's amazing. This poor woman She's is, too nice, exactly. She this, felt a boner in the middle of the night and she said, I let me let me be nice. Dude, last week you said black people don't know how to swim. <laughs> You're like black people can't swim. <laughs> I did for anyone listening. I did not say that. Is that is exactly what you did. That You're a not, racist. That You're a is sexist. not what I said at all. This is not what the five six kings stand for. <laughs> so, anyways, about that integrity. Dude. Anyways, let's, I'm sorry for Brayden's behavior. Everybody, two weeks in a row. I don't know what to do. But anyways, Listen, moving on. The... Moving on. <laughs> they're they're talking about the pregnancy. McConaughey's like, I mean, this is normally something people plan. Maybe we can adopt. He's like, there's always other options. And she says, yeah, I mean, Stephen, I'm not one of these crazy anti-abortion people. You know that. But I, you know, I might want to have this kid. Who knows? And he says nothing, gets out of bed, and leaves. Which says a lot. does. <laughs> so now we're at the motel. Mauricio, Rolf. Trisha Arquette, I I don't know her character's name, but they they pull up at Lucy, a, Lucy, they pull up at a it's a crappy motel, 
Rolf gets off the bike and smashes a beer bottle. <laughs> oh, directly behind his wheel as well. So, like, when he backs up, he's going to just drive over that broken glass. Which I mean, he's, is... got, he's got great tires, though. Yeah. I mean, he's got he's probably got Firestone weather grip tires, and they, they can handle anything. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Firestone. If Subway, Subway doesn't pull through, give us some money. And Michelin, if you don't like Firestone, you think you can outbeat them with a price, <laughs> hit us up. We're all ears. <laughs> so they they show up at the motel. There's people out front, like, being loud and rowdy. Then they walk into the check-in place. There's someone sleeping on the couch in the check-in yeah. office that, yeah, that do- was... doesn't get addressed. <laughs> Never. That was Just a... passed out on the couch. And the guy comes out. Trish Arquette and Peter Dinklage are like, we want a room. Gary Oldman's in the back background. And the guy points the sign, and he says, no prostitution. He has, a, like, a Russian accent. No prostitution. And she goes, I'm not a prostitute. And Peter Dinklage goes, you're a prostitute? You never told me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She goes, I'm not a prostitute. No, Gary Oldman's like, man, shit. He has a southern accent for no reason. Yeah. No one mean- else in the family has one. Like, yeah. He goes, oh, man, she ain't a prostitute. Just, we just want a room is all. And the guy goes, I'll make you a special price. One adult, two little children, $95 for the night. Fucked up blind. He's like, I only got one room left. And Gary Oldman's like, oh, you only got one? All right, we'll we'll take it. So they they go into the room. Gary Oldman, he takes out a robe. The robe was big on him, right? The robe was big. And And why does he own that robe? And I also wanted to say, because there's two scenes that we're talking about right now where he ends up walking a good amount into (laughs) the fucking room. And the way they got him walking and and moving, it it just – I just think, like, why did they give him the the hardest little people physical difficulties to try and, you know, like, put into a role as well? I don't know. I just... Yeah, for for those of you listening... That haven't seen the movie, I first of all suggest you go watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Gary Oldman walks with a cane, and it's just, like, very labored. And, like, they literally, like, there's no way they had him do more for this part than walk on his knees and just tuck his arms back a little bit. Yeah. And then they put something in to give him the weird fucked up shoulder that they felt the need that that character, they felt that character really needed. Um, like it, it just looks so awkward, so poorly done. Him like getting in and out of bed and stuff. Like it's it's so bad. It takes you straight out of the scene and then just makes you think like, is this is this so poorly done to make you think that or something? I don't know. Like you you start to question the whole the whole reason behind uh I don't know, some of the movements and stuff. Fuck. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. So he's uh he grabs his robe, which is for a regular sized adult person. And Peter Dinklage walks over. He's like, oh, I'm feeling good tonight. <laughs> yeah. And Rolf says, if you start fucking that girl while I'm in the room here, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, your buddy picks up a hitchhiking chick and, like, she's been with him all day. You guys are now all staying in a motel and you're choosing to be in the room with them. Like, like Brayden, if you and I... We're traveling together, and you picked up some girl, and we were at a motel. I could go to a different motel. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be like, if you start fucking her, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm assuming you guys aren't just going to cuddle in the motel room bed. <laughs> like, yeah, and if any... Well, I mean, I guess he can't really go anywhere, but I would just like... I don't he's know. got his big wheel. Yeah, got his big wheel. He can go ride his big wheel somewhere. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'll leave for an hour. I'll come back. and Yeah. Gary, Gary Oldman's a shitty friend. He should have yeah. gone and gotten a drink with his brother. Yeah. And then been like, oh, where, where are we staying? I'll come yeah. meet you guys. You guys yeah. already had sex. Yeah. Uh, just shitty person, Rolf. But so he takes a shower, comes out wearing his robe. Peter Dinklage, Patricia Arquette are drinking. Cough syrup. Cherry cough syrup. Cherry flavored morphine syrup. Ah, morphine. And cognac. Mix it together. It's my it's my signature blend. Mm, and yeah. she's like, oh, baby, that's smooth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he starts, he goes, oh, I just wish I had a fucking crepe. Just so like, you're like, oh, he's French. In case, in case you weren't sure with the accent, he's going to be like, oh, I wish I had a fucking crepe. And you're like, okay, there, that's, that's a French thing. And then he starts, starts to be in a little bit of pain. Yeah, She's like, like, oh, let me crack your back. And he's like, oh, no, no. And like hunched over. And, and she then, just goes for it. Yeah, she's like, oh, oh, is it back pain? Let me. He doesn't say anything. He's like, oh, let me crack your back. He's like, no, stop, stop. Yeah, she, she fucking just grabs him, just fucking basically just picks him up, pops him, puts him back down. He starts he's screaming. Yeah, he's, he's screaming. Like, ah. he's like, so that he, he drinks Lucy. more than... He, oh, Lucy, Lucy, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my drink. Give me the drink. Give me the drink. Oh, that's better. <laughs> and then Gary Oldman comes out of the bathroom, and he's like... All right, it's been a long day. I'm tired. So y'all be quiet and go to bed. (laughs) Yeah, he's such an asshole. So he lays down. He has his back to them. And then weird, like, African jungle music starts playing. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, yeah, African Jamaican or something type of weird music. Yeah, shows them they're they're banging. And then Dinklage has to stop. And he's like, oh, and like falls out of the bed. He's like, I need my fucking medication. Runs to the bathroom. Need my medication. He's oh yeah, he's in the bathroom throwing up. Then he's back on the bed. Gary Oldman's like, oh, is he okay? Trish Arquette's like, what's going on? He's like, oh, it's just, <laughs> it's it's just little people shit. <laughs> he's like, like, he's got ulcers and all sorts uh, of stuff that he doesn't take care of. It's little people shit. We all got it. I want to know what Gary Oldman said to Peter Drinklage, like Offset, like, hey, is it? Is it okay if I said little people shit? (laughs) Peter's like, the fuck else are you going to say, man? (laughs) But he's like, give me my fucking medication. (laughs) And then he's laying on the bed. Trish Arquette's saying how he's burning up. He's got a fever. Rolf's like, all right, well, let me call the doctor. And like, he's doing the phone. And Peter English goes, no, no fucking doctors. And starts throwing shit at him. So he hangs up. He goes, just trying to help. I'm I'm fucking out of here. Southern and fucking French people going together. Like it's just so there's so many weird things with this movie. And in every single scene, just to bring it up again, the music just like doesn't go with it. So you have Peter Drinklage having sex with this woman and they're having like Jamaican music go the whole time. It's it's the, like the music's about to get so much worse. Yeah, yeah, and again, yeah, we're, we're a scene away from where they really hit the mark on the music. Yeah, yeah, and, and like every, it, it, the music takes you out 100%. Every single scene, you're like, what the fuck am I listening to in the background? So Rolf is walking down a, a nasty hallway. It looks like, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, it looks like the hallway at Charlie and Frank's apartment. Yeah. It looks like the same building. It, it, it looks just sketchy, dark, dirty. And he knocks on the door and goes, Sally. <laughs> and Sally, played by Bridget the Midget, 
answers the door and she's like, Rolf, oh, come on in. And Rolf, he's walking in with the cane, walks to the bedroom. He's like, oh, what's going on in here? What's uh, who's all whose stuff is all this? And she's like, oh, it's uh, Adricio. Yeah, he uh, he's a security guard. He stays here. He he rent he splits the rent with me. He sleeps on the couch. Yeah, and he's like, hey, Sally, you 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 sleeping with him? She's like, I fucked him twice because <laughs> I felt bad. His family got evicted from their place in the Gaza Strip. And he's in the bedroom. She's like, Rolf, I'm ready for a grown-up relationship. And then Adricio gets home. Adrisi. 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 Adrisi gets home. And she's like, oh, my God, Adrisi's here. And he's like, well, well, let me me go talk to him. (laughs) And she's like, hide, hide. She's like, no, 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 hide in the room. Stay in here. And then she goes out. And he's like, I quit my job. And she's like, "What, what are you quitting your job for? And he says... I oh, don't, don't talk to me with this shit. <laughs> I, I just need money for the bus. She's like, I don't have money for the bus. I I need to pay my phone bill. He goes, I'll pay you back in your G spot. Just oh, and just so we're clear, if it wasn't because it's probably very confusing. Adrisi is maybe oh. six feet tall. Oh, pff, at least like a like he's a big person. He's a security guard somewhere. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a big big dude. And I'll pay you back in your G spot. And she's like, no, fine. I'll go get the money. And then she goes into her bedroom. She's like, I won't pay my phone bill. Goes into her bedroom. She's like, Rolf, I need to borrow a couple bucks. <laughs> and Adrisi walks in. And he goes, who is this man in your bedroom? <laughs> Sally, who is this man in your bedroom? And Rolf's, and he, like, and Rolf's to- like, hey, Adrisi, how, how you doing, man? You, you need a couple bucks for the bus? <laughs> <laughs> He's so nervous. And Adrisi's like, what is going on, Sally? You said I was the biggest stud that you ever had. <laughs> and she's like, shut the fuck up, Adrisi. This is Rolf. I love him. And like Adrisi's like just shell-shocked, sitting down. And Rolf walks over. He's like, hey, Adrisi, man. I know this seems like a big deal now, but but you're going to look back on this. And Adrisi just hits him in the face. <laughs> Hits him in the face mid-conversation. Gary Oldman starts, like, panicking, trying well, to get out. And then Lucy tries to, like, stop him. Just or getting, like, throws and he Lucy on the ground. throws her on the ground. Knocks Gary Oldman down. Gary Oldman's, like, outside the room. And he grabs him. Gary Oldman tries to use his cane to grab onto the door. Fucking drags him back and in. And drags him <laughs> in and just gets on top of him and just starts fucking him up. And then Lucy, or Lucy, Sally comes over with a big, like a boom box. Yep. And just hits Adrisi over the head with it and he falls. But the whole time this is going on, so this could have been, they could have nailed it and had this been just a dark, like scary scene of a huge person beating up a little person. But they had like, like cartoon music playing over the whole thing. Tom and Jerry fucking like knocking each other with a nail or something over and over it was it was so wild to watch that scene and to hear the type of music it, you don't you don't know what they're going for it's like are, am i supposed to be laughing at this or am i supposed to be scared for fucking Rolf or something i don't i don't know yeah <laughs> but we're enjoying it we're entertained or it like, was great we don't know <laughs> I enjoyed every second of this movie. Oh, no, no, yeah. If, if you guys are going to love it. You're going to take what we're saying, and you're going to fucking love it. So, next scene. Uh, shows Carol, Kate Beckinsale's character. She mm. had taken a pregnancy test, 
and decided, <laughs> you know, best place to leave a pregnancy test while you're waiting for the results to read is on top of your cup of coffee. Yeah. So the stick that she just pissed on, she's just like her coffee mugs on the counter and then she just has it on top of the coffee mug that's full of coffee. And it probably wasn't even her idea. Like the cinematographer was like, oh, this would be a great way to start the next shot. We'll, we'll come, we'll pan up from the, the coffee and the, the pregnancy test and we'll go straight to her face and then she'll, it's all in the same frame, it's all in the same shot. This would be great. Yeah. Uh, no one was like, no, no. That's no one was not like, a, oh, it's disgusting. People, yeah. People don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and surprise, surprise, she's pregnant. And then there is a, no, 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 So just surprise, surprise, she's pregnant. <laughs> and then we cut to Matthew McConaughey at the fire academy. And there's this guy, Chuck. And Chuck, there's a fire, like, along the ground. And Chuck's trying to throw dirt on the fire. And Matthew's just in his ear, screaming at him. He's like, Chuck, didn't I tell you back in September you need to lose some goddamn weight? You can't put out a fire with a dirt, and you're too fucking fat to be a firefighter. He's just screaming at him. Chuck's going down the line. He's panicking. He's scared. He keeps looking over McConaughey, yeah. and he's like, all right, run up to the 18th floor, Chuck. You are killing everybody. Everybody's dying because you're too fucking fat. And another another person comes over and is like, what are you doing, asshole? No, yeah, and, and, a, and like a, a female who probably – wouldn't have been able to do much better in the same course. Come and like comes up and like tells him straight up, which I just thought was funny because I'm like, because you're sexist and you you want to point out the flaws of the female body now. No, nothing. What, with you, the what, female... you, what are you talking about? No, I'm just saying though. Like honestly, like this girl comes up as if she's like I don't know, like ahead of him or some shit, and it's like one the dude wasn't even that slow, and it's like the I just think it's funny because it's not like it's like the craziest athletic person coming up to tell Matthew McConaughey to stop it. It's just like someone who probably wouldn't have done better than the dude that was you know it's not that I have no idea if Chuck was doing well i don't I've never been to the fire academy. I have no idea Chuck might have been killing it for all I know. She was just like, hey. This isn't about Chuck, man. What are you? What are you so angry about? Like, she's like, you're not mad at Chuck for not doing great on this. You need to calm down. You are right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's what she was like. Hey, what the fuck's going on with you, no, asshole? Yeah, that's 100 percent the point of the scene for sure. <laughs> Leave Chuck alone. And then he blows his whistle. And goes, take five, Chuck. Yeah, and it's like this like weird realizing moment he's having where he's like looking around. And he's like, all right, Chuck, take five, take five. Good, doing doing great. Next thing, we're back at the apartment. And Carol got like a someone rang the doorbell and she's opening. It's a huge like they live in like a warehouse that they turned into an apartment. So like to get in, it's this huge garage door that she's got to open. And the scene, it's from the legs up as the garage is opening. And it's Rolf standing there. His face is all busted up. And he's like, Steven here. And she's like, oh, no, he's, he's at work. He's like, ah. She's like, do you know him? He's like, no, his brother. <laughs> She's like, oh. <laughs> Steven never mentioned you. I guess he just wanted it to be a surprise. And then isn't his very next line like, can I come in? He's like, you mind if I come in? She's <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, yeah, I was, I was just about to ask you if you wanted to come in. She's like, what happened to your face? He's like, oh, I got, I got beat up. Like, yeah, and that, and it's like you would think you would. This little person that she's never seen in her life shows up, says, "I'm your fiance." Never the, the heard fa- about. Him. Never heard about. I'm your the father of the child that you just found out you're gonna have. I'm his brother. 
can I come in? <laughs> she's like, yep, come on in. She's helping him with his wounds. And she's like, so are you guys blood brothers? Or He's like, yeah, we're, we're twins. And she's like, whoa. <laughs> Is this the part where she goes and pops a bottle? Or doesn't she like, uh, or was it a bottle? No, it wasn't a bottle. It, she opened something. <coughs> Bless you. Nice sneeze. Thank you. That was a big sneeze. That was a godly sneeze. What, uh, remember when she pops something and it like fucking goes flinging? And we had to like play it back because like obviously it was like um an error in the scene or something like that. Had to play it back. Remember the first time we watched it? She opened oh, something. Oh shit. The, it... the the first aid kit. Ah uh, yeah, it was a first something aid breaks kit. on yeah, it yeah, when yeah. she opens so, it. So so it was when Ralph and okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah so it's, when she opens the first aid kit, like the the opening part on it like snaps off and, and shoots across the room. <laughs> yeah. And no one reacts. So they, good on them. Yeah. Great two great actors doing a scene and they're just like, Yeah, whatever. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Roll of a lifetime. You can't mess those scenes up. <laughs> Roll of a lifetime. <laughs> so she's helping him with his wounds. He's like, I'm his twin. She's like, oh, wow. He's like, you mind if I, if I go rest on the couch? And she's like, yeah, go ahead. So he goes. This is David's favorite part. Every time he sits on the couch, like <laughs> you could tell like it's just his head coming out of the back of the couch and it doesn't look like a human body or human leg like cuz his legs don't they stay up on the couch cuz he's so little and it they literally like they don't look like legs they look, they look like, like two not same shaped logs that they just stuffed into a pair of pants and we're like there's his legs <laughs> there you go like every time and he sits on the couch a few times throughout this movie yeah, every yeah. time it looks awful I don't know how they weren't like, oh shit, let's let's try to fix this. Let's just shoot from a different angle or something. Some or get him legs. Yeah. Or have a have a fucking little person with Gary Oldman's head. Well, I was looking into do this, this scene. How many stunt people do you think are in this fucking movie? Do you have a number? Or is this I, a genuine question? No, no, I do. I do. Okay. I'm gonna guess thirty. They have hold on, I'm gonna pull it up right now. They have I think it was 10. Hold on. Oh, yeah. So they have six. They have six. There we go. All for Gary Oldman? It doesn't say for who. Okay. They're all different, you know, people. So um, I'm sure they're for, for multiple. That's why I was going to ask you, too. I'm like, what? when did people need to even do stunt? Like, what, when was there a part or a scene or anything where you would even think that there would need to be some type of stunt. Well, the big the big gunfight car chase explosion that happens later in the movie. Oh, yeah. My yeah. bad. Forgot Fine, about that part. Yeah. There had to be a lot of stunt that yeah, was for yeah. that. Uh, so Rolf, he's like, mind if I go rest on the couch? She's like, yeah, actually, you know, make yourself at home. I got to I gotta go. <laughs> I got to go do something. Just like, she has not confirmed Rolf's identity in any way. And she's like, I'm just going to leave you in the apartment. And I'm going to leave. Is this how it was in like he, the early 90s or something? He, this was early 2000s? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he falls asleep. And then she puts a blanket over him. Once he falls asleep on the couch. She like, tries talking to him. She's like, oh, he's asleep. Here's, here's a blanket. And like snuggles him in on the couch. Then she leaves. Now, is that foreshadowing? Do you think that's any implication of anything? No, exactly. No. Exactly. <laughs> but that's my point. But yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What do you get at here?" No. Well, well, I, I'll, I'll kind of get to it's it weird. more later on. But yeah, yeah. So we're 
back at the motel. There's a maid banging on the door. Dinklage is asleep, and Patricia Arquette, she's watching cartoons, and she had put, like, these stones, like, these colorful stones. I'm all about them stones, Like, uh, yeah, pe- people are really into it. All the, all the, so, all these different type of fucking stones, you know, fucking stones, they're all cool stones, and put, she put them all over the do chakras. You, do you know about these stones, or no? Yeah. Or you just, yeah, so explain them a little bit. I mean, they're... Let's not spend a lot of time explaining the stones, but... Yeah, I mean, they're just... You have more knowledge than I do about them. There's not really too much to say about them. They're just stones that are fucking from Earth, and they just have different, what people would say, healing properties, where people who are really into this stuff thinks that they come with certain energies and frequencies, and you put them on the chakras of your body, then they help heal these chakras and stuff. And that's basically what she did. She put all these stones on basically all over uh, Peter Drinklet's character and his chakras and stuff, and he woke up and he was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, like, what are these stones on me? Get these stones off me. And then a maid starts banging on the door. And she says, it's three o'clock. Come on, I want to go home. And Patricia Arquette goes, we're making a love nest in here. Come back later. <laughs> and the maid walks away furious. She might be a fucking maid. Uh, the Yeah, I think she said, I want to go home. I want to go home, yeah. yeah. She's like, I'm fucking clean these before I leave. Yeah. And then the, the guy from the night before who's working the desk, I assume he's the manager, he comes and bangs on the door and he goes, checkout time is noon. It's three o'clock. Dinklage hears that guy's voice and is like, all right, goes and gets a gun. <laughs> Immediately, gun's under the pillow. No, he doesn't go get it. It's under the pillow he's sleeping on. He just pulls it out, goes over there. Patricia Arquette goes, oh, I remember him. He said I was a prostitute. And she opens the door and she starts beating the shit out of the guy. And Dinklage is like standing in the doorway, pulls like, cocks the gun back and is just holding the gun like he's ready. Next person that comes to this door, I'm blowing their fucking head off. And then he peeks out and sees that Patricia Arquette's beating the shit out of the guy, so he puts his gun away. Who does that remind you of? Johnny True Love. Exactly. <laughs> Johnny fucking True Love. <laughs> Emil Hirsch, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, and which is... And just so, just so you guys listening, though, Braden and I did not plan for that interaction right no, there. No, no, no. That was a genuine <laughs> question. I knew exactly where he was going. Hell that's yeah. why we're the 5-6 five, Kings. 5-6 five, Kings, baby. <laughs> so... It, it just that totally builds a backstory for fucking Peter Drinklet's character. Like he totally had to leave fucking France over some murder fucking charge or something. If he was so inclined to just immediately resort to the most extreme, because look at the hotel people are saying, "Hey, you're three hours past checkout time, and you didn't tell any of us this was going to happen." And he's like, "I got to fucking kill someone." <laughs> 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 like can't that's how that about, works yeah immediately turned to just like not not even just like threaten him with the gun like he was waiting for the dude to take one step in the door to fucking kill him there was no like let's talk about it let me scare him off with a gun yeah fucking <laughs> jesus christ so patricia Arquette comes in and she's pain. like she's like let's go we gotta run we gotta get the fuck out of here i just beat that guy up you can't just hang out here after you beat up the manager of a hotel so they pack up their stuff they get out of there then we're back at the fire academy. Steven has a group of cadets. They're sitting crisscross applesauce in a circle. He's like, this is your regulator. And he explains what that is. He's like, don't ever use oil in your regulator. If you use oil in your regulator, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> you're French, you French fry on your pizza, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> and, this is a super awkward scene. And then he looks over and sees Carol's there. She's like walking down the trail the to see him. Awkward outfit. She is wearing a black and white hat that looks like a sleeping cap. 
like it's like a long hat with a literally the thing like like, like, like an, an Ebene- like an Ebenezer Scrooge yeah. sleeping hat yeah and that so the director Matthew Bright was able to get Kate Beckinsale to do this movie at the minimum wage for whatever whatever the minimum acting wage is for the amount of hours she put in. He was able to get her to do it at that rate. Keep making sales. In 03, she was a big enough star at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because she said, if you let me wear my lucky hat, I'll do it for the minimum. He was like, fucking deal. (laughs) The producers were not. They were like, tell her to take that fucking hat off. It doesn't make sense. That hat looks crazy. We can't have Kate Beckinsale on a movie wearing this hat. And he's like, it's the hat she's going to wear. He's like, I I don't know what to tell you guys. We got Kate Beckinsale for minimum wage, she's wearing the hat. Which is silly, too, because it's like, okay, obviously that hat, though, goes with the rest of her fucking outfit. So for whoever wasn't for it, makes no sense. Yeah, Kate Beckinsale, like, the whole movie, she's wearing, like, chokers, and she has, she has like, red, part of her hair is this, red. So this like, is the middle of the day. She shows up basically in her pajamas. She's wearing these pajama pants that are uh, fucking, like, skulls, and yeah. it's just... But here's the thing. She pulls it off. She pulls it off. There, there's, fucking... there is no point in the movie where I'm like, oh, she looks absolutely crazy with what she's wearing. I'm like, you know, it's not the most appropriate outfit to wear in this scenario, but like, Kate Beck, she looks amazing. Kate Beckinsale could wear anything and fucking pull it off. I mean, yeah. we're talking about Kate Beckinsale here. But no, yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I was, <laughs> I was impressed. Let me say the least by the outfit choices uh, for her fucking character. I don't know. Who? Let me see who's in that department because uh, whoever's the wardrobe fucking person, kudos to you. Hmm. What is what is this gonna add? What are we doing? What are we doing here? We're looking for the wardrobe department. Nicholas J. Palm. You know what? I don't think he had anything to do with Kate Beckinsale's attire. I think she said, this is the stuff I'm going to wear. You think she just woke up and showed up on set and was like, fuck it. I I think she was like, this is what I want to wear. Make it happen. And they were like, "Whatever, we, we have a, we have a big star." Now, how do you think Matthew McConaughey felt when he and he maybe didn't even know? Maybe they just said, "Fuck it, roll it," and then he fucking turned around and actually saw Kate walking up to him like that in that outfit. Do you think he was like, "What the fuck am I doing here?" Are <laughs> you like, <laughs> I, I, "There's no way that's what made him think." What the fuck am I doing here? I think this whole movie, he was like, "Why? What? What's gonna happen after this?" Yeah, I shouldn't be doing this movie right it's now. Good point. It's a good point. <laughs> so. She walks up and he's like, "Hey guys, take five. It's always five. Take five. And they walk like ten feet away. And she's like, "He's like, hey baby, how you doing?" She's like, "Your brother came by today." He's like, "Oh, did he? That's good. <laughs> That's good." She goes, "Yeah." I think, I think it would have been nice for you to tell me that everyone in your family is a midget. And he goes, "They're not midgets, Carol. They're dwarves." <laughs> she's like, "I don't care." She's like, "Why wouldn't you tell me?" Everyone in your family is a midget. He's like, Carol, they're not midgets. They're dwarves. <laughs> and then she's like, so if we have a kid together, is it going to be a midget? And he's like, Carol, don't call him a midget. It's a dwarf. She's like, Stephen, I don't really care about that right now. He's like, all right, all right. Like they they start walking. He puts his arm around her and he's like, if it makes you feel better, I was going to tell you. She goes, why didn't you? He's like, I don't know. I guess I just didn't think it was that important. She's like, you didn't think it was that important to tell me this? And he's like, listen, don't don't you pass judgment on me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just wild. Like, don't you pass judgment on me. She's like, I'm not passing judgment. 
Stephen, like, why wouldn't you tell me? Don't you want to be in a relationship with me? He's like, where in the hell did that come from, Carol? You know what? You do what you, you do what you want to do. She's like, what? You just don't care. He's like, oh, I care. You know, goddamn well I care. But I'm not gonna sit here and jump through hoops just because you're threatening me. She's like, who's threatening you? You're <laughs> threatening me. Like he is out of his fucking mind. Yeah, he's trying to do anything. Just, he can just to- flipping it on her, flipping it on her, flipping it on her. And she's like, well, I, what? What is this coming from? And he's like, you know, Carol, it's not too late to adopt. She's like, what? And never have kids of our own? He's like, I, I just don't see how that's possible. And, and he's like, listen, you go, you go ahead and head on out of here. I'm gonna get back to work. I'll talk to you <laughs> because there that she leaves. Like, just the most absurd. Like, I didn't tell you anything about my family. It's a very unique thing going on with my family, but it's Carol's fault. She's judgmental. She keeps threatening him. Like, just. I'm the victim. I'm the victim. I'm the victim. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's like his whole character. It's just like I'm I'm a victim like the entire time, which is just like f- fucked up but funny. Like is you know, it's like it's like another trait that was like initially made to be comedic, I feel like, you know? Like I mean, and it's I don't, dramatic. I don't think it was made to be comedic. You I don't think, think so? I think he was the dark like No, for sure. He's Oh man, he's so damaged person in the movie. I feel you. So it's absurd, and I find it very funny, but there's no way that role was written as a funny role. Well, I guess I, I guess more of the way that it's like, you know, fucking shot and film, like all the little things. I mean, just the fact that she's showing up yeah. in her pajamas, and he's like at a serious fucking thing. And- yeah, them, them doing such a poor job with this movie doesn't mean it was supposed to be funny. Yeah, they they tried to make this a serious, no, for artsy sure. drama about little people. But still, Matthew Bright originally wrote it as a yeah, comedy. He was a teenager, and then then, yeah. they, then they switched it up. But he still might have had all these certain type of traits and stuff like built in then, as like a. Then he would have fucking loved the ninety minute cut. If that's what he was going for, he would have loved the ninety minute cut. He which would is, he wouldn't have shit all over it. You're right, which is why I find it like a little weird. Because like, didn't he end up getting what he wanted at the end, like some type of like comedy? Well, I guess not his cut though of the comedy. Yeah. yeah. So next scene, it is Peter Dinklage and Patricia Arquette. They're at a park. They're laying on a blanket, and he goes, which they did not. Fucking, they just kind of tossed it, and it the blanket was perfect. like all folded up. Yeah. Like they, they weren't even laying on the blanket. Basically, it was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Tell, tell me about yourself." <laughs> and she's like, "Well, my my human body's originally from Phoenix." He's like, "Tell me about Phoenix." <laughs> and she's like, "Well, I was dating this guy Jerome, and you know it was great, but he was the truck driver, and he started to get into the crank pretty good, and." Then he put his hands on me, and there was all these transsexual prostitutes, and I just couldn't take it anymore. So then I, I, I grabbed a bus here, and Dinklage's like, "Yes, yeah, yeah." yeah I love like, this line. It was like, like it barely like, even touched on it. Yeah, like like no, all of that weird stuff out of nowhere. Yeah, and he's just like, "Good, all right." <laughs> like he expected it. Yeah, like that's that's kind that's what I was thinking. <laughs> and then that scene's over. Didn't need to happen. I'm glad it did. <laughs> We're back to back to the apartment. Rolf is on the phone, and he is screaming at Sally. He's like, "Now, fuck you, Sally! Oh, why don't you why don't you have your big security guard friend <laughs> take care of you, huh?" He's like, "Yeah, no, I'm a I'm an asshole. 
yeah, no, and I'm a motherfucker too. And then he sees Kate Beckinsale like walking in the room, like, what the fuck is going on here? The last word he says when he makes eye contact with Kate is fart. It's fart. Is it? Perfect. He's right. like, I'm a fucking this and that fucking fart. <laughs> like, it's like, stops right on fart. <laughs> I didn't like, catch that. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> what was he going to say? Like, what was the next word? <laughs> so he, then he like, he sees Carol and he's like, I'll talk to you later. Yeah. And uh, hangs up. So he's like, sorry, that's, uh, that's the girl who had me beat up. And Carol's like, oh, I can understand why you'd be so angry at her. Makes sense. Yeah. Can we uh can we talk for a minute? <laughs> She's like, I'm I'm pregnant. And he's like, Oh, congratulations. She's like, Yeah, yeah. Uh is my kid gonna be a little person? And Ralph's like, Ah oh, probably <laughs> He's like, Yeah, I mean there's a good chance I can uh you know, I can get you some numbers and we can there's some people you can come talk to. She's like, Oh, I'd like that a lot. Her and Ralph Rolf are kind of talking, kind of getting to know each other a little bit more. And she's like, oh, I'd love it if I could talk to some people. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And then it shows them they're walking in like a residential neighborhood. Yeah. It is does not look like somewhere that was walking distance from the apartment. And and really quick, this is in L.A. I mean, they, they touch on it. I mean, even uh, Matthew McConaughey, he's wearing a fire department shirt that he's says L.A. Los County. County. Yeah. yeah. And, and let me tell you. There's no fucking way they just walk to this other place. Like they, LA is super spread out. All the neighborhoods are very spread out. You, you're not walking down the street somewhere. Like barely ever, unless you live in the city and you're working in the city. Like, but if you're going in Beverly Hills, like type of neighborhoods, like the one that they were walking in, you're not walking. Especially if you're, you know, Gary Oldman with a fucking hip replacement and all these other fucking things. You're not doing that. Yeah. So th- they either are saying that they walked. Or they park down the street and then walk. Because they, they pass like six houses on this yeah. walk. Uh, and oh, my like, God. Gary's fucking knees must be <laughs> killing him. <laughs> <laughs> so they're walking. And he's like, oh, yeah, these are some great people. Uh, they might be a little mad at me because I missed the convention. But, you know, we'll, we'll brush past that. And we'll go in there. And then they ring the doorbell. And this kid answers it. And I, I forget her name. But Rolf introduces Carol and them. And they walk in. They're all sitting out in the back, and this is this is the president's house. It's yeah. his uncle. They're sitting out back. They might eat lunch, or they're, they're drinking lemonade or something, and she's asking about she's asking about little people, saying, if I have a kid and you know, my kid's a little person, like, what's that going to be like? And they're like, it's going to be tough, no doubt about it. And then the president's like, that's what life's all about. It's overcoming hardships. That's what makes you people. Like this guy, this guy's just fucking on the spot with his responses. And oh, uh, K- Kitty Cat is there. Yeah, he and Kitty Cat met the night before, and now she's just at the house with him and his daughters, like they've been together forever. Yeah, because and you know, as as you do, <laughs> as as you do. <laughs> um, and she's like, or Gary Oldman's like, I think she's wondering about the medical aspect. And the president's like, I can give you a number for some doctors to talk to. They can give you some literature and you know, read it when you have a chance. She's like, oh, I will. Thank you. And then she starts crying. And you're like, what's wrong? She's like, here I am deciding on whether or not I want to bring a person into the world who's just like you. you know, what I must sound like. 
and the kitty cat's like, you've nothing to be sorry about. You're, you're worried about your baby. She's like, I just want him to have a happy and, and productive life. And the president's like, nothing about being a little person that means you can't be happy and productive. And Gary Oldman says, <laughs> yeah, look at us. And everyone laughs. Yeah, it's... um, it. It's uh, it's it's a little corny. <laughs> Rolf just showing off his wit. You know, he's there. He's helpful. He's funny. Rolf's the man. Honestly, I'm a little envious now of uh, Rolf. And then, uh, what's the dude's name? Who's the the head of the the organization? I don't know the president. Yeah, the president. You don't need to know his name, Mr. President. Bo- Bobby Barry. Mr. President. Mr. President. How we're gonna refer okay, to him? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little envious. I mean, yeah. God, they're they're quick with it and they're confident. Yeah, through the roof. Yeah. So next scene, it's a close up, Carol's like mouth, and she has a phone. Oh yeah, and she goes, "Hey, Stephen, how are you?" Yes. Hey, he's like sitting out in the woods. No, 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 yeah. Now this cold. is real. This is like this it's turned it's dark. weird. Like it's a weird vibe for sure because he's out in the woods. You don't know where he is. Obviously, it's like probably where he was training the people. I'm guessing from earlier, but that doesn't really. There's nothing that really clarifies that he's just out in the middle of the fucking woods at night, and nothing that really clear. It's not like he drove two and a half hours to go sit in the woods and have the conversation. Well, they well, well. What I'm saying is, you know, whoever the fucking composer is, or the you know, going over the music and the editing. What, what did the, you want? Like a thing to pop up on the screen and be like, he's at the fire academy. Well, where saying, he was last seen. I mean, for what it ended up being, he could have been somewhere that wasn't like in the woods with his eerie music in the background as he's like talking in like a deeper, so, raspier way. And then it's weird because it's making it sensual because they cut to so, her like a close up on her mouth. So her, so her, it's like a sexual like, hey, Steven. That's what I'm saying. How are it's you like doing? a sensual thing. He's and out like, in the woods. It's cold. He's angry. And he's like, yeah, how you doing, Carol? He's like, how's Rolf doing? But it's like the music changes when they cut from person to person. Yeah. As it should. It's like two different vibes. He's like, how's Rolf doing? And she goes, oh, he's on the couch. He goes, well, good for Rolf. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, is that a problem? He's like, nah, nah, Carol. That's not a problem at all. She goes, hey, so I went and met your, your uncle today. And he like... Like, puts the phone down, like, it's not saying anything. He's just mad. And he puts it back up. He's like, well, isn't that great? She's like, yeah, um, they invited me to this party at whatever. It's David Allen Greer's character, whatever that guy's name is. So I got his house tomorrow. If you wanted to come, he's like, oh, that that sounds like just a wonderful time, Carol. You know, well, my cell battery's low, and it's about to die, so I gotta go, but I will meet you there. And then he hangs up, closes it, and she's like, oh, uh, okay, bye, like, after he hangs up. Yeah. He then throws his phone, just throws it and screams. Fucking crow hop throws his phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, throws his whole hip into like it. Like, he's on the warning track trying to gun someone out at second base. Like, he put everything into this throw. Yeah. And just... It's it's gone. Phone's gone. And he, he goes ah, and then the blonde girl from earlier who told him to take it easy on Chuck goes, "Well, that was smart." And then he looks at her, and goes, "Want to go to a party tomorrow night?" And yeah. scene. 
I was gonna say I don't even think it was that girl that ended up showing up with him. It was like two yes, girls. I guess it was. It was two girls. No, but Brayden, girl. this movie is too ridiculous for you to make up ridiculous things in your no, head. No, because it's the, the girl, same girl. Because there the were girl, multiple girls. No, I'm telling you, when the, the girl, when the girl that that fought with him earlier, she was blonde. The girl that the girl, the main girl that showed up with him at the party was redhead. No, she wasn't. I'm almost positive. Pause. Pause the podcast. We're gonna pull this up, ladies and gentlemen. Five Six Kings will be right back. While you wait. Maybe swing by Subway. Get yourself a delicious personal pizza, a protein bowl, some breakfast, maybe a $5 footlong. Who knows? Subway. Eat fresh. And we're back. Hope you guys enjoyed that $5 footlong. Brayden, was that the same actress? Okay, so it was the same Bra- actress. B- just, just yes or no. Uh, so um, yes or no? There's just so many people Braden, with shut, red hair. Shut the fuck movie. up! But the okay. So. There's so many people. Stop talking. Oh, no, no, stop no, no, talking. No, 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 no. He just said there's so many people with red hair in this movie. Yeah, there might be like four or five. Which bullshit? Like, in like that per scene alone, capita. In that scene alone, there's four people with red hair. I swear to God. And the other girl that showed up with them had red hair. So that's how I got it confused. But it's okay, David. So it's, it's all good, bro. I no, get. it's not. Is it the same actress? Because you haven't answered. You just made excuses. No, 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 no. You were right. You were right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's the same actress. It's because she wasn't wearing her firefighter uniform. That's what threw Braden off. It's just... Because he had to go back. So he's like, I think it's a different, different girl. And he's like, oh, no. That's her. So they're at the party. And uh, Bridget the Midget is talking to David Allen Greer. His name's Jerry something. And she goes, you know, Jerry, I think you might be too old for me. And he goes, mm-hmm. You don't hurt my feelings. <laughs> and then they, they cut away from that. McConaughey's getting there with this hot-ass firefighter chick that he brought to make Carol jealous. And they walk up. They see Carol. He goes right up to her, kisses her, says, Guys, this is my fiance, Carol. He goes, You've been drinking? She goes, I can't drink. I'm pregnant. He goes, All right, just checking. And the blonde girl goes, Man. There sure are a lot of midgets here. So again, McConaughey didn't tell these people. He said, hey, we're going to a party. Not, hey, there's going to be a ton of little people. It yeah. has to be addressed. Yeah. Brayden, if you're ever taking someone to a party where there's a, ton, it's mostly little people, you got to be like, hey, just so you know, it's going to be mostly little people at this party. I just mean, so I, they're ready. So they're like, okay. Apparently not when it's M- Jerry Robin Jr. there, yeah. which is... David Allen Greer's character's name. McConaughey does not feel the need to tell anyone this. She says, there sure are a lot of midgets here. And Carol says, actually, they're little people. And then Matthew. Stephen goes, look who's brushing up on the terminology. All right. It's good to see. You love to see it. (laughs) (laughs) And then the blonde girl goes, is that... Jerry Robin Jr. Is that Jerry Robin Jr.? I'm going to go get an autograph. She pushes past McConaughey. And then we never see her again for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And obviously it didn't work out too well for her. This weird, like, I'm mad at my wife. And then this hot blonde girl walks over and I'm like, hey, you want to go to a party? That never, like, nothing comes of that. Yeah. They definitely make it seem like, oh, he's going to bang Blondie. And, like, he wants to make her just, nope. Girl just shows up at the party. She's like, all right, I'm going to go get an autograph from David Allen Greer. Yeah, and they sh- well they showed up with two girls though. I mean, even though it was the main girl, it's like well there wasn't another girl that he brought to, but there was like this other girl that was like with that the another, whole another girl from the fire academy. He's, yeah, yeah, but it's because so... he, he introduced the other girl to Carol. He's like yeah. these are these are two cadets at the academy. But like whoever, what you were whoever. saying though is like the whole 
the it's just kind of weird like it doesn't like really hit the way i feel like the way they wanted to it's like they they made all this in that scene for literally almost like nothing because it immediately goes away within the first second of the party yeah you know so it's like yeah, what it, was the made, point of establishing no yeah there was nothing that came of it and then him being mad there was nothing that came of it yeah, dude, so much of this movie just doesn't make sense yeah just just just, just completely just add up like what, yeah. what the fuck happened there yeah and then he, because she said one thing, she said little people, and he's yeah. like, all right, you Fuck got me it. back. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm back, back in. Yeah. <laughs> nope, you're right. <laughs> so the party's going on. They go into the kitchen. Matthew McConaughey, uh, Bridget the Midget, wants to sit on a stool. So like a child, he picks her up and puts her on the stool. <laughs> they don't oh, bring man. much attention to that. Yeah. But it, it happens, and I can't not talk about that. And Yeah, Matthew, go ahead and... Pick up Sally. Put her yeah, on the stool. Pick her up, put her on the stool. He's like, you got it. <laughs> so in the kitchen, Maurice is screaming at the president, yeah. sticking his finger in his hand. He's like, and you, you, I am against your entire fucking organization. <laughs> You're saying, oh, look at us. We're so cuddly. Love us. Don't discriminate against us. Fuck you. He's like screaming at him. And then Kitty Cat is there with the president. And she brings up how the Americans helped the French in World War II. Bananas. And he goes, oh, now you want to talk about the fucking war? <laughs> just so, like, it's really, they're just like, we need everyone to know that he is French. Yeah, like, so, like, over the top. What's something that we could, oh, World War II, France. The yeah. Germans took over France immediately, and the U.S. went and helped them. Let's bring that up. And he got mad. Gary Oldman like walks him out of the kitchen. And he's like, what do you fucking, you need to open your fucking eyes, Rolf. And he's like, hey, that's my uncle. And he's a good guy. I don't want to see you talking to him the rest of the fucking night. And he's like, okay, Rolf. <laughs> and then he walks away. Uh, oh, at one point, Kitty Cat, when she's standing up for the president, Patricia Arquette stands up for Maurice. Oh, which shit. Is, she's like, hey, don't you talk to my man that way. Yeah, <laughs> which, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine, like, Patricia Arquette is twice the size of Kitty Cat. Yeah. Like, like her involving herself in that argument is very inappropriate. Yeah. Like it's it's essentially like if two children were arguing and I aggressively took one of their sides. Like <laughs> tried to intimidate the other kid. That's, that's what that's like. It's very inappropriate. It's ridiculous. But hey, I mean fuck. Maurice almost killed a fucking grown man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's got his gun. Yeah. So now they're still, even. <laughs> they're still at the party. Steven and Rolf are outside. And Rolf says, hey, Steven, you, you having some kind of identity crisis? He goes, what are you talking about, Rolf? He goes, why don't you tell her about us? And he says, what's it to you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm I'm your I'm your brother, man. Like what? It's like just forget about uh no oh, no. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget about us. You you just look at this. You knocked up that great gal, and you didn't tell her that her baby's probably gonna be little. And he goes, and how's that any of your business, Rolf? He goes, I don't know, Stephen. I'm your brother, and I just I hate to think that you're so fucking ashamed of us. He goes, oh fuck you, Rolf. You are so full of shit. And he goes, I'm full of shit. He's like, yeah, full of shit. And then Carol comes over and she's like, hey, I asked Rolf for help. I asked him to introduce me to everyone, all that. If you have anyone to be mad at, be mad at me. And Rolf goes, I don't need you to defend me. 
he's like walking away. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I don't need you to defend me. And she's like, I'm, I'm choosing to, Rolf. <laughs> like, fucking, like, like, shut the fuck up, Rolf. Like, like no one can do right in any scenario yeah, it's, in it's this crazy. fucking movie. <laughs> so arguing, he's like, I'm, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go get Sally. So he's walking off. Carol and Steven are like, right, oh, this is. We should go. And she's like, he's like, I'm gonna go get the car. So you get the car. I'm gonna find Rolf. Make sure Rolf's okay. And then she <laughs> she walks off, and Rolf's looking for Sally. You hear him going, Sally. <laughs> and then one guy's like, Hey, I saw Sally over over somewhere. He's like, Oh, thanks, whatever his name is. Yeah. Thanks, Jimbo. And goes into the pool house, which is out like in the open. It's a beautiful house. It's Big mansions, David Allen Greer's character's place. Goes into the pool house, which is all windows. Yep. And turns on the light, and David Allen Greer is fucking uh, Sally. Sally. Just yeah. just going to town on her. He's like, what is this? <laughs> and then he leaves, and he's he's mad, and he like hobbles away. Well, well another part, too, is like he walks in, and as if like the lights turn on, as if... You know, and now everyone in the party's starting to react. It, it's like it's just so silly, as if people didn't see them walk into this all glass fucking little room and it's, start fucking as if they were hidden before he turned the light as it, on. As like, if like, like it's in like a hundred people surrounding yeah. this fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so Rolf walks off. He's upset. Sounds like oh shit. And Carol finds Stevens. Like oh man. It's like what happened. Like Rolf just saw David Allen Greer having sex with Sally, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, that's not good." <laughs> he's like out at the front. Rolf's waiting for a cab, and they see him waiting for a cab, and he walks over to Rolf. He's like, "Hey, Rolfie, uh, Carol, Carol told me what happened, man. That's rough." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, Stephen," and like they're kind of they're just shooting the shit back and forth. Like they're they're kind of like, "Hey, I, I love you. You're my brother." And we we were arguing. And seems like what? Come ride with us. Like, nah, I'll get cabs. Like, dude, come on, come, come, stay with us. And he said, so like he's being nice. He's not acting angry, but he says, come stay with us. You've already been on the couch. Yeah, which is kind of like so he he wasn't happy that Rolf yeah. was sleeping on the couch before. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a little awkward that he's kind of just been there, and like. Th- I, don't, I would feel awkward if I was his brother and we don't communicate like that and I'm just sleeping on my brother's couch like if we don't have a great relationship. Yeah. I would feel really awkward yeah. about that. He's like, you've already been on the couch. And they're all like, yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> so Rolf goes and stays with them. We're back at the apartment. We don't see Rolf. It's uh, it's McConaughey yeah, and Beckinsdale. Stephen and Carol. Yeah, the they're bed. up in bed. And Carol, Carol's dead asleep. Matthew's laying on his back, eyes wide open. And she wakes up and looks at him. She goes, hey, you're awake. He's like, yeah, I'm just thinking. You know, it's not too late to adopt. (laughs) (laughs) Right like that. And she's like, Steven, I want to have the baby. Like, I I, I don't know why you keep bringing this up. (laughs) Like, like she's uncomfortable with it. And he's like, well, you know, it's it's tough being little, you know. She's like, what do you mean? Like, did people make fun of him? He's like, well, yeah, but not like. Not just the social thing, but, you know, physically. She goes, it hurts being a little person? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> All the time. Ralph, Ralph was always crying and hurting. It wasn't fun. 
And then, then she's like, just weird manipulative. Like it's not, yeah, yeah. it's not gonna be good. And then she's like, well, what were his teen years like? It's like, who Rolf? <laughs> who Rolf? It's like he got laid two years before I did. She's like, what? She's like, yeah, Sally cornered him in school. They couldn't have been more than sixteen years old. And she said, Rolf screamed in front of everyone. Rolf, you haven't fucked me in five months. Should have seen his face. I was, I was so jealous of him. And then she goes. Have you ever been with a little person sexually? And he goes, oh, you know, like kid stuff, you know, playing doctor. We'd all sit in a circle. And then she says the only line that is quoted on IMDb, which is, you had a circle jerk with a bunch of little people? I would love to see that. And it's like, how did she not win an award? Yeah, that was line of the year. Yeah. And then they start like, and real quick, when she was saying that line, she's talking to Matthew McConaughey about that fucking circle jerk shit. She like very genuinely looked like turned on. Oh, hundred percent. Like, which is, I mean, hundred percent. How the whole conversation turned. She was so excited in that moment. I mean, it was a little bizarre to me. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, you would love to see that. And like leans in and kind of gets on top of her and they start kissing. Yeah. Uh, it was Ralph's probably down fucking stairs <laughs> on the couch, fucking yanking one out. <laughs> so they start making out and then he pulls away and he goes, you sure you want to do this? She goes, yeah. He goes, you sure you're not just trying to make some kind of weird political statement? And she goes, what a peculiar thing to say. He goes, well, I'm a peculiar guy. And then sh- she says, you know, Stephen, I think you have a lot of ambivalence about your family being little. It's not healthy. I think you should get some counseling about it. And he goes, you think, you think I don't like that my family's little? She's like, it's clear you don't. And how could we bring a little person child into the world when his father is just so angry about him being little? It's like, you want me to see a shrink? Cause you think I don't like that my family's little? She's like, there's nothing wrong with seeing a shrink. And he's, he's fucking fuming and just kind of lays back, doesn't say anything, and that scene ends. Scene ends a little abruptly. Yeah, and it's like so many different feels in that scene. I mean, that's like a little roller coaster right there. Yeah. That scene ends. Next scene, we're at Stephen's parents' house. And it's Stephen, Carol, the parents, and Rolf. Fucking Does, Rolf. Doesn't make sense that Rolf is there. Because a uh, knock at the door. It's Carol's parents. Stephen answers it. Mom's like, oh my goodness, she said you were handsome, but she didn't say this handsome. Great to meet you. Dad and Stephen shake hands. They meet each other. And then they walk in. They see Rolf <laughs> over in the corner standing behind their bar. And then Stephen's parents walk out. And Carol introduces the parents to each other. She clearly did not tell her mom and dad that, hey, Stephen's whole family is little people. Just a heads up. No one gives like, give them a heads up. Give them a heads up. Well, it's just so, that whole part didn't make any sense to me because it's like, why would Kate Beckinsale's character do the exact same thing that she's like upset about Matthew McConaughey's character doing? It's absurd. Literally. Makes no sense that she wouldn't tell her parents about that. So so Rolf's in the corner and he goes, what are y'all drinking? And her dad said, I'll have a seven of seven or seven and seven. 
And then Rolf says, Sylvia? Because he can't say Sylvia. He says, Sylvia? She doesn't say anything. She's just shocked, not able to speak. And the dad goes, she'll have a vodka tonic. So now they're out back. Matthew's talking to the dad, and he's like, hey, good money in uh, in firefighting? He's like, well, I train cadets, and fires are pretty much recession-proof. He goes, where'd you learn all this firefighting stuff? He goes, the Navy. He goes, Navy? Get out of here. Me too. I was in the Navy. He's like, all right. He goes, where are you stationed? And before he can answer, uh, Stephen's dad goes, Stephen, go grab me that barbecue sauce out of the kitchen. He goes, right away, Dad. Dad is great on the grill. Yeah. And he goes in to get the barbecue sauce. And the mom goes to Carol. She goes, could have given us a heads up about this, don't you think? And she says, if you embarrass me today, I'll never talk to you again. That's it. Steven comes out. Or no, Steven's still taking long. And the dad goes, Steven, where's that barbecue sauce? (laughs) Rolf comes out and goes, how y'all doing on your drinks? And the dad goes, oh, still working on mine. And he goes, Sylvia? (laughs) She says, "I'm, I'm good. Thank you. And then Steven comes out with the barbecue sauce. Dad goes, oh, I want to propose a toast to the lovely couple or to the couple who are very much in love. May they find the same love that me and my wife have found these past, whatever, like 30 years. Yeah. Says a long time. And they cheers up. There's one weird thing. He tells Steven to go get that barbecue sauce. You could see on the grill, he's clearly making steaks. And they look like fillets on the grill. No one puts barbecue sauce on a fucking fillet. That's not a thing. Yeah. If I went to someone's house and they were grilling up fillets and he was going to be putting barbecue sauce on them, I would insist. I'd be like, no barbecue sauce for me. I would be, I would be, I would be an asshole of a guest, but I'd be like, you're going to ruin a very nice cut of meat by yeah. just putting barbecue sauce. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're at the table. Dad had, oh, dad, dad's a, Carol's dad, is, he's fun. Yeah, He's had a little too much to drink, and he's talking in a weird voice, and he's like, this guy, the, the Kirk. farter. The what? Kirk. Kirk's his name? Kirk's his okay. name. It's um, a weird, like, a, like a, it's a joke story thing. He's doing a weird voice and talking about a guy farting, and Carol and the mom are like, he's clearly had too much to drink. He needs to stop. And Matthew McConaughey's like, no, he does not. He's pouring him another drink. He's like, it's only getting better. And then the mom gets all serious, and she's like, there's there's something we're going to have to talk about, and you guys aren't going to like it. <laughs> Carol goes, Mom, don't you, don't you dare do this. She's like, no, Carol, I have to do it. And then she goes, Daddy. She goes, all right, Kirk, you do it. You're You're more diplomatic than I am. And he goes, well, you know, Carol's grandfather is getting up in age and he's an orthodox Jew and has never forgiven us for leaving the church so unless you'd be willing to have a Jewish ceremony would you at least consider having a a civil ceremony after the wedding otherwise we won't be able to invite him and everyone just like a sigh of relief and they all start laughing and Steven's like, I don't have any problem with the Jewish ceremony. He's like, Mom, Dad? He's like, nope, nope. Rolf? Is that good with you? He's like, eh, it's good. It's good with me, but uh, another, dude, Rolf, Johnny on the spot with the jokes. He goes, it's good with me, but uh, 
if he dies before the wedding, can we switch back to Catholic? And everyone laughs. Everyone's like, ah, that's classic Rolf with the zingers. End of that scene. Next scene, they're at the wedding. McConaughey's wearing a, a, a kippah. Yeah. Jewish kippah. And they stomp the glass. They show everyone out in the crowd. Bridget the Midget is there with Rolf, and she's like resting her head on Rolf's shoulder. And the grandfather's there, and just over the top they went with uh, the Orthodox Jew grandfather. Like the Does not biggest, look related at the all. The biggest beard I've ever seen in my life. He's wearing a, a big top hat, and just like they, none of this needed to be a part of the movie. I don't know why it is, yeah. but it was it was all great. I, yeah. I loved it all. Um, so they leave. Great ceremony. Everyone's throwing rice at them as they're running away. They get in the car. They kiss. They're like, I can't believe it. She's very pregnant at this point, by the way. Yeah, she's She's about to pop. It's like, I can't believe it. Like, they kiss. They're so happy in the car. And then Carol looks and sees Rolf in the distance. And she goes, hold on one second. And she gets out and she goes and sees Rolf. She says, Rolf, I just want to say thank you. He's like, I didn't do anything. She's like, oh, you did. You did more than you could ever know, Rolf. You're a really wonderful person, Rolf. And then she leans in and she kisses Rolf on the mouth. In <laughs> right fr- after. <laughs> in front of everyone. And, and like, f- like this, I'm like, well, I, I don't even, it's hard to even express because I, I, I personally got upset. I'm like, <laughs> what in the fuck? If I'm, if I'm Matthew McConaughey, I'm hot. If I'm Kate Beckinsale, I'm hot. I'm, I'm hot at everyone. Whoever fucking told her to go do this is just, it's like, it's, it blows my mind because if I'm, if I'm, if I'm like Matthew McConaughey, like in, you know, like his actual character, I'm going to be pissed off. I'm not going to be like, Oh, okay, that's fine. It's all good. I mean, there's plenty of him getting pissed off. We can't have him get pissed off every scene. I mean, if he's going to get pissed off at all that other shit and not get pissed off at his newly fucking married wife no, kissing no, his brother. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's absurd that it happened. And they don't touch on it. No one touches on it. Yeah, just it's just what happened. She gets back in the car and they go fucking on their merry way. Yeah. Next scene, they're in the hospital. Carol, and, Carol has had the baby. She's in the hospital. Baby's crying. Matthew's like kneeling next to the bed holding her he he looks fucking rough doctor walks in get this no coincidence little person doctor (laughs) (laughs) and he goes in and he's explaining you know yeah your your baby's a little person all like running through it matthew's just standing up he's pacing back and forth the doctor keeps like he's talking to carol and he keeps like glancing over at steven like nervous like what's this all about he's breathing heavy he's pacing and the doctor is ex- talking to Carol everything. She's like, yeah, no, it's, uh, I read the book that you gave me. And Matthew, D- Ma- Matthew, Braden's trying to cut me off. I need to get this out. No, get it out. Matthew punches a hole in the wall in the hospital bed and goes, how are you two so fucking calm about this? And he's like, he looks so distraught. I mean, he's got bags under his eyes. His eyes are all red. His face is like inflamed. Like he just looks... And here's another little cool fact. There was apparently 32 makeup artists on in this movie. 32 different makeup artists. I don't have any frame of reference. Like, that might be normal for a movie, is it? Well, I mean... I don't know. <laughs> like, 
No, I don't think so. Especially right. for this movie, like what it, it's like. I mean, maybe if it's like you're dealing with, like, yeah, I mean, I have zero frame of reference for this. That might be the normal. You're always gonna have makeup artists, you know, to to make you, you know, look the way that they want for camera. But like, usually, if you're gonna have, I would say that many, you're usually using people in like fucking full fledged costumes. My point is though, he actually looked very distraught in that scene. So, for all the 32 makeup artists that were on set. Good job. Great. Bravo, guys. Yeah. Well, not all of them. Yeah. No, I mean, whoever worked on Matthew McConaughey that like day. Probably like one person. Bravo. Yeah. Good job. So he's punched the hole. He's like, How are you two so fucking calm? And she's like, Because I'm prepared. Because I read the books. I was ready for this. <laughs> and the doctor's like, So we need to start on you know, a weekly regimen or bi weekly, monthly, whatever, whatever it was. It was a regimen that little people apparently have to do and it didn't sound fun. And then the doctor goes, as for you, Matthew Penny goes, yeah, what about me? Huh? Hot doc, what about me? <laughs> He's fucking fuming. The doctor's like losing it. The doctor goes, I think you should seek some counseling. <laughs> yeah, and, and like a dick kind of way too. <laughs> and Matthew Penny goes, nah, nah. <laughs> what I need are new chromosomes. And then he storms out of the room, Ugh. and she's crying. She's like, I don't know why he's like this to the to the doctor. And then he's out in the hallway. He's angry. The doctor has leaves. It's like some time has passed, and he walks back in. He's like, I want to hold the baby. <laughs> and she's like, she looks very nervous about this. She goes, well, that's the way you they're sure? shooting it too, and like editing in, they're like cutting close-ups on her face, like looking back and forth, like from the baby to him, and she like, and she's like, "You, you sure?" He's like, "I want to hold the baby." <laughs> <laughs> so she goes over, very like unsure, hands the baby over to him. First time watching this, I was like. Oh, he's gonna kill the fucking baby. Oh, this is gonna I, was, I was like, that's how this movie ends? Well, that's the like, way they were cutting it, yeah. editing it too. I was like, he shit. murders the baby here? Yeah. No way. Uh, he doesn't. He just holds the baby. And you're like, okay. All right, maybe, maybe they're gonna make it work. But Next. there was definitely suspension there for Oh, like, my God. <laughs> you're like, oh, fuck, what's about to happen? Next scene, they're back at the apartment. Baby's screaming and crying. And Matthew Connie goes, oh, man, listen to this guy, huh? And she's like, yeah, I know. I already gave him the drops, but, you know, he's just still crying. He's like, why don't you give him something a little stronger? She's like, I talked to the doctor. They said it's not good for babies with his condition. And he, he, he smiles. He goes, his condition? Say it one time, Carol. Just just once for me. Say his condition. She's like, stop it. Stop. He's like, come on. Ten weeks we've been here. You haven't said it once. What's his condition, Carol? He's a dwarf. And she's like, stop it, you're scaring him. She's like, nah, he's crying all the fucking time. Because <laughs> his organs are too big for a skeleton and he's hurting. He's a dwarf, Carol. Say it one time. He's a dwarf. I'm a dwarf. He's like chasing Just her around the fucking house Screaming, falling now. her through the apartment, yeah. screaming this at her. He goes, I'm a dwarf. <laughs> and then it, it cuts away and comes back and things have settled down some. The baby's laying down. He's sitting on the stairs. He's crying. <laughs> He does not look good. And he just goes, I'm just, I'm just not getting any better, Carol. I don't know if I can do this. I think, I think we got to do right by Vincent. And I think it would be better if I wasn't involved. Like, I'm not getting any better. Like, just, just to fucking put a full frame on this thing. 
multiple people have told Matthew McConaughey, seek counseling, go talk to someone, you need help. He's refusing that and now just being like, I'm not getting any better. I think, you know, like to do right by Vincent and by you, it would just be easier if I if I wasn't around and you raised a baby with health issues by yourself. And he's like, we, we good? good. Sounds <laughs> like, good. Like that That sounds about right. And she's like, I don't, I don't know, Stephen. Like, if that's what you want. Like, if that's what you want. So she leaves the apartment. <laughs> Dead. His character, they, it doesn't feel like they're trying to make it like he's the biggest piece of shit. Because everyone's like worried about him. They're like, no, we just want you to be, be happy and healthy. But his character is the biggest piece of shit in the world. It's baffling. And it, and it's like... And by the end of the movie, I want to feel bad for him. And I don't. But it's You like, can't. But, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get so into next it. Scene, <laughs> next scene... Oh, so after the wedding, Carolyn, when she went and kissed Rolf, she's like, where, where are you going to go? It's like, oh, family's got a cabin up in Big Bear. I'm going to go stay up there, get some writing done. So she shows up at the cabin where he is with the baby. Kisses him on the mouth again. Uh, he's there with Maurice and uh, Lucy. Yeah. Patricia Arquette's character, Lucy. They're in the hot tub. They're drinking. And then he shows up and Ralph's like, oh, let me let me hold the little guy. He holds the baby. Then they're, they're all like having dinner together and they're all talking. She's cutting loose. She's drinking a little wine. Maurice, they're talking about Rolf's writing. He's like, he's right down the middle. That's what they want. You know, he's not radical enough, but that's what they want. And Rolf's like, yeah. So what? Uh, what are you thinking? She's like, oh, I'm thinking. I love it out here. Like, I might try to find a place. And Rolf goes, Yeah. Well, until you do, you're both welcome to stay here as long as you want. And Maurice goes, Yeah. It might be good to have a woman around to do the dishes and clean our clothes. And Lucy's like, you know, what, what's your fucking deal? Like, like she's not happy with that thing, with that line. And he's like, I think the women's liberation movement was an excuse for every fat pig of a woman to sit on her ass and not do anything. And Lucy goes inside. She's blasting music. And Ralph's like, oh, turn it down. They, they do this all the time, Carol. They're always arguing and doing this. And they're, they're fighting all that shit it's nonsense that scene ends right yeah anything yeah. else happened in that scene and then no, it's nighttime. yeah yeah Lucy and Maurice are fighting again this time Lucy leaves they're screaming as they're leaving he's screaming back and Maurice follows her out and they both leave the cabin the baby's crying so uh, Rolf goes in and gets the baby and it's this, it's yeah it's this. absurd like he grabs the baby out he can barely walk he has a cane with his one hand like it is not safe for him to go grab someone's baby and he went downstairs with the baby yeah because she comes from down because she yeah. comes from upstairs so yeah, yeah. where he's like like he he well, would have fallen another, and another, killed that baby yeah and another huge thing is he does this while she's sleeping so she he sneaks into the fucking room basically like while she's sleeping. And even though, I mean, it's all fucking so, kind-hearted. Yeah, yeah, but th- so, like, But if, you would ask him one before you just fucking picked up their baby in the middle of the night and fucking, like... He's he's her brother-in-law. So, like, if if I was at, like, Mike or B's and they had a baby 
and my sister-in-law was sleeping. The baby's crying. There's a chance if I'm up. There's a chance I go grab. Well, yeah, the baby I guess and, especially since she's just showing and up and kissing him and stuff too. But yeah, like they're they're close. They're family. It's not that weird that he went and grabbed the baby. So it's weird that he. But went and grabbed the baby with a fucking cane and went downstairs. There's no way he could finagle that. But even if I did, like, in her position, if I was in her position, even if, you know, I allowed him to hold the baby and stuff and grab him, grab the baby whenever, like, I would still want to know just because I know of his condition as well and want to kind of, like, be able to... She should have said to him, hey, don't ever try to walk downstairs with my baby again. Yeah. That's what she should have said. <laughs> Instead, she comes down. He's sitting there. He's sitting on the couch holding the baby. And she's like, hey. He's like, ow. Oh. He, he was crying. Didn't want him to wake you. She's like, why don't you, why don't you go on back upstairs, get some rest? I got it from here. She's like, you sure? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm no doctor, but I can handle it. She says, okay, thank you. And she goes up and sleeps, which you know, she probably needed. Yeah. And she had McConaughey screaming at her and the baby. The baby was hurting all the time because he's Fucking a dwarf. Maurice and Lucy losing their minds. Yeah. So... So she goes back to bed. He stays up with the baby. The next day, McConaughey shows up at the cabin. And Gary Oldman, like, he's like, walks past him, just kind of stares at him as he walks. Which they never built any of these things, you know? Yeah, they, but there, there's a weird hostility between those two. That's what I'm saying. And it's like they know, but they never built it in the movie. So Stephen walks past Rolf and goes up to Carol and Vincent. Carol's like, oh, how was your ride in? He goes, uneventful. And then he says hi to the kid. She's like, he's getting big and strong. He's like, yeah, he is. And she says, how you doing? He goes, hanging in there, you know. I'm, I'm working on it. She's like, and, the, and then he goes, I love you <laughs> to her. And she goes, I know you do. That was, I never questioned that for a minute, but. You gotta love Vincent. And then again, he goes to his, like, he gets angry. He goes, you don't think I love Vincent? And then she's, like, nervous. Like, no, I know you do, but you just, you don't know how to show it. And if you can't show it, as far as he's concerned, it doesn't exist. And he's like, but I want to show it, Carol. She's like, but, but you can't. Like, you need help. You need to work on yourself. And I, I have enough on my plate. I can't just keep dragging you along until you get it together. And Vincent can't wait for that either. Like, he needs help, and you don't have a lot to offer right now. He's like, No, you're wrong. She's like, I'm not wrong. He's like, All right, so what are you going to do, huh? You're you going to live up here like a couple of hippies out in the woods? She's like, Look, this way you can come see him whenever you want, and we can all be a family. And he goes, And this is what you want. She goes, This is what I think is right. And then Rolf, oh, so, so when Rolf is up there talking to, saying hi to Vincent and when Steven's up there saying hi to Vincent Rolf like looks jealous and angry and kind of walks away from the scene which these are like built things these are like things that weren't built at all prior at all and now all of a sudden there's like this crazy hostility between the two brothers so then Rolf walks back over once the tables have turned once Carol's not taking Steven back Rolf walks over and (laughs) Steven goes hey Rolf Boy, what the two of you must think of me. And he goes, ah, Steven, we love you. You coming in? He goes, no, I don't think so. I think I'm going to say goodbye to my son, and then I'm going to get back on the road. (laughs) So he goes, like, says bye to the baby, 
and then walks like does doesn't or he might say something. I, I don't really know how yeah, that scene ends, but he it. he's like unhappy with him. Oh no, he says, "Rolf, love my son." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says, "I don't think he says anything to his he son." He says, though. "Love my son." Now he goes up and like says bye to him. Yeah, yeah. kids in a like baby thing. No, yeah, yeah. Um, love my son, and then as he's walking away, Rolf and Carol get close to each other and they hold hands while he's walking while away. He's there, which is like such a like a fucked up yeah like that's crazy like just like if you flaunting really, it now but but it's like okay well you just literally undid everything that might have actually happened in the scene yeah. where like if now he turns around sees you guys holding hands you really think he's gonna like listen what the fuck you guys just told him right if like that's what i hope the director's cut was uh mcconaughey saw that and then turns around just beats the shit out of rolf yeah totally different that, dark ending that that's an great. alternate right there so mcconaughey leaves and then it's that night. Carolyn's in her room. Rolf kind of, kind of hobbles in there and goes, "Hey, hey, Carol, I want to show you something." Then they go outside. He's got a fire going. He's like, "Look up at those stars. Ain't, ain't those some nice stars? <laughs> so far away, f- so far away from everything. You just get the stars out here." And she's like, "Ah, oh, it's beautiful." And then she looks at him. And she goes, "Rolf." You can kiss me if you'd like. And then Rolf leans in and they make out and the movie's over. Boom. So that's Tiptoes. Um You know, as as far as like where I stand, that maybe the worst movie I've ever seen. It's so like it was entertaining, it was crazy, but not in ways that I think they intended it to be. Uh Braden? Yeah, I <laughs> I thought it, you know, I thought it was super entertaining. I think what just ended up happening is there's too many people that got to have too much control or say uh in the movie and there's just too many contradicting uh views as to how they think the script should go and I think because of that you get a lot of uh weird, awkward kind of scenes and I don't really know if they ever did a rewrite. Uh fuck. I mean, probably would have helped if maybe they did. But I think it's super entertaining, and I uh, I really hope that Matthew Bright, you know, fucking has a comeback. Maybe a Tiptoes 2. Tiptoes 2. Still tipping. <laughs> uh, guys, if you have not seen this movie, though, so, like, maybe the worst movie I've ever seen, but, like, it's it's worth the 90-minute uh, watch. It's definitely worth watching. It's, it's great. I highly recommend it. Just like I highly recommend subscribing to this podcast. Downloading every episode that helps us out a lot. Leaving a rating, leaving a review. Follow us on Instagram at Five Six Kings, and go to your local Subway shop and tell them the Five Six Kings sent you. You won't get a you won't get a, like a deal or anything, but they'll be like, "Oh, who are these Five Six Kings we keep hearing about all the time?" You know, yeah. they they keep sending people to Subway. That's awesome. Braden, got anything else, man? No, uh, I think you guys should all go watch it, and uh, yeah, let me know what you think of the movie. Guys, thanks for listening. Next week, we're going to start. So some of the feedback we've been getting, people want to know the movies before we do them so they can watch them in preparation. So in honor of uh, the 4th of July, we're going to be doing the Will Smith classic, Independence Independence Day. Let's go. So guys, go check that movie out and come back and listen to us next week. And get ready for some alien action. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace out. Beach County, that's where I'm from. Yeah. When niggas get gone.